Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's March 18th, 1966, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. The sight of women walking down the street in paper dresses and stores filled with paper trousers and kids' clothes and even paper formal wear may sound like some kind of a paper empresario's wet dream, but in fact it was the huge and unexpected impact of a viral marketing campaign which debuted in Time magazine on this day in 1966. I'd never paused to think what a paper impresario's fantasies would be <laughs> until now. <laughs> and a wet dream is exactly the kind of thing that you couldn't have in these paper clothes <laughs> for the reasons you might imagine. Although they weren't made entirely of paper, they were made of cellulose, which is what's used to make paper. So they did have a little bit of fire and mm. water resistance, but crucially not if you tried to wash them and wear them again. So the story is that Scott Paper Company needed to sell their napkins and toilet paper and to promote its new Duraweave material, which was made of 93% paper napkin stock and 7% rayon scrim. I mean, to be fair, that is styles. a boring PR message, isn't it? If they hadn't invented paper dresses. Yeah. I'd right. already be like, oh, it's made of what? Nylon and what? I mean, you know, as a general publicity message, we sell strong bog roll is not that inspiring, is it? Whereas this publicity stunt, you know, let's invent a paper dress as a parody of 60s fashion. It right. is a bit of a coup. Yeah, the people are going to get into our rayon scrim, aren't they? No, no, they are not. We're going to need to think of something. So, yeah, so for $1.25, a woman would receive her choice of colour, or a man, I guess, if they wanted a dress. Uh, they had two options, a red bandana print or a black and white pop art print. Uh, and what was intended as this sort of shtick, just to, you know, introduce people to this new type of material, ended up selling 500,000 units in eight months. <laughs> and I've got to say, credit to to the Scott Paper Company because when it took off, basically they carried on selling them for a while and then they just said you know what, we're not a dress company. We're just not going to do this anymore. We're not going to take advantage of this gigantic craze that's sweeping the nation. We're going to go back to the napkins. Yeah. yeah. This was a joke, people. It's a joke. But by this point, other companies had already stepped in to fill the gap. You know, actual clothing companies were picking up on this and selling these dresses. It's and astonishing. Like, national sales of paper clothes had topped $3.5 million uh, by the end of 1966. And in March 1967, Time magazine published a list of paper clothing options that you could now get, which included kabuki slippers, bell-bottom jumpsuits, evening gowns, aprons, and men's vests. You could get, like, anything. Anything you could think of, you could get in paper. Yes, although I saw that list too, and it had a man's suit on there for $12, which is <laughs> brilliant. Um, but it also included swimwear. And I know, Rebecca, you were saying that it's not really paper like we imagine kind of Viking everyday photocopier paper, but it, it is uh, nonetheless not an entirely waterproof fabric. And so 
I just imagine that this was really the equivalent of someone getting a Borat mankini and posing with it on Instagram, right? I mean, this was for hipsters. Yeah. It was poolside yeah, rather than pool. <laughs> to impress their friends with and yeah. take photos of that weren't then uploaded to social media but developed on Kodak Film and put into albums as a joke, like basically yeah. as a joke. I don't know if anyone took it that seriously, and I think it's important to remember that even though they did sell millions of these things, there were also hundreds of millions that they didn't sell, if you see what I mean. Like, you know, Clark's right. shoes were selling more. It was quite possible to get through the 1960s, even as a trendy teenager, <laughs> and not know that these things existed at all. Maybe the paper bikini was more intended for poolside lounging, but they had not only bikinis, they had raincoats made of paper. They had, this, they had been given a special treatment, and you could wear them three times. <laughs> or in one very serious hailstorm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that sort of single-use quality was part of its appeal, and it meant that you could do things like, in 1968, the Nixon presidential campaign commissioned a special uh, designed paper dress that had the letters N-I-X-O-N in red interspersed with blue stars. So you could have it as a kind of thing that your supporters would wear as a sort of fun novelty. And then if he lost the election, you could just tear his name off and still have the stars. <laughs> Lots of companies got in on the act. Campbell's Soup commissioned Andy Warhol to make a what they called the super dress, where you had to buy a certain number of soup cans and then you sent it off a dollar and, you know, you got your uh, paper dress with a pop art print on it by Andy Warhol. Can you imagine what those would be worth? I can tell you exactly how much they would be worth. Oh, go on. If you can actually still buy a Campbell's super dress on eBay if you have about £1,000 to spare. Crikey. Wow. So it's not too bad. <laughs> but it's like you're already wearing a disposable dress, right? The ultimate symbol of this just disposable consumerist society. And then they're like, hey, why don't we just put brands on it as well? It's like <laughs> yeah. it's just becoming a nightmare. And Andy Warhol was weirdly involved with the paper dress phenomenon, considering that, to my knowledge, he never himself actually wore a paper dress. He was involved with a campaign by the Mars Clothing Company. They debuted these plain white paper dresses that came with a watercolour paint kit so that you could do your own thing. We're getting into like That's the groovy cool. 60s now. And that like was all pro that was promoted by Andy Warhol. So that was definitely part of the appeal was this idea that it was creative, not only for people who bought these plain dresses and then painted on them, but creative in the sense that obviously, you know, you wore it once or twice and then you ripped it off, you binned it and you got your next, you know, $1 paper dress, which I think from uh, for us now just seems a bit like, oh God, now we're all more aware of fast fashion and that kind of thing. It just seems like the epitome of wastefulness. But at the time seemed like the symbol of a carefree and prosperous society. You know, you weren't wearing dresses made of flower sacks like your grandparents in the depression and you weren't suffering with wartime yes. rationing. You know, you could just do your own thing. Well, one sort of practical way that they could have been useful and this was proposed more than actually sort of coming to fruition, but travel companies and resort companies had this idea that instead of people packing their bags they could just buy their paper clothing when they got to their destination which at a point oh, I when you love that idea yeah when you're not i don't want paper clothes <laughs> right but if i could go on holiday you just wear and the hotel yeah. already had ready for me clothes that fit me yeah like a, a bikini library and i wouldn't have to bring anything home i wouldn't have to wait for my luggage that's actually quite appealing choose isn't it? your borat mankini to stand around the pool with and then leave it there <laughs> <laughs> i've worn those paper knickers have you worn those have you ever been from massage mm. where they give you the paper knickers oh yeah the uh, therapist doesn't have a look at your bits yeah and you're like that's the same isn't it 
clothes. Yeah, you wouldn't want those to be worn by anyone else before you. Not, not after. <laughs> that's a good example of disposable paper clothes. Yeah. I mean, they are still, that's the thing, they are still around today. These same materials in less groovy patterns are still around as medical scrubs, the bibs you wear at the dentist, yeah. hospital gowns, that kind of thing. So you probably have actually worn at some point in your life that very material. It's also astonishing that demand for these things was so high that at one point in January 1967, there was a paper shortage. So people who wanted to go out and get like paper for its conventional purpose, like say writing things down, could no longer do it because there were so many of these stupid dresses flying around. Arian, you're such a square. Get with the plan, Daddy O. We're all wearing paper dresses now. Well, that's it, isn't it? It really is generational. I mean, I know you made this point, but it is worth underlining, I think. It is rebellious, isn't it? If your parents came from the generation of saving and quality because they grew up in the Depression and the war, it is almost your duty as a generation in the 1960s. And we, of course, are the children of that generation, which is why we rebel in the opposite direction and worry about environmental consequence. But it is almost your duty then in the 60s, isn't it, to Mm. say it is liberating to say, up yours, granny. I don't care if this is going to get thrown in the bin. I want to wear something once. Yeah. And I mean, particularly so for women as well, because there was this idea that throwaway clothes were the future, that the modern liberated woman no longer needed to know how to sew and mend, you know, bend over the fire Mm. of an evening, patching the family clothes. All you needed to adjust these dresses, in theory, was, you know, a pair of scissors and maybe some tape. I mean, Mm. I probably wouldn't count on a a paper dress being able to withstand a lot of adjustments. But in theory, (laughs) anyone could do it. And there were designers at the time who were saying, this is the future. And it was like, there was a designer called Elisa Daggs who designed lots of paper dresses. And she predicted that sewing machines would be replaced by sealing machines. So you'd just Mm. cut your dress the way you wanted and just run it through a sealing machine. I mean, obviously she was in the biz, so she she had a vested interest in promoting it as the way of the future. But certainly there was this idea that it was kind of space agey, you know, to have these disposable clothes. And it was also a shortcut to kind of America getting into the global style game. And in uh, December 1967, the Saturday Evening Post wrote, internationally, paper has given us a rare chance to pull ahead of the French. (laughs) Hilariously. Uh, We may have lagged behind for years in haute couture, but the new (laughs) crew of throwaway designers has been able to start from scratch. (laughs) You're like... Wow. Sure, America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a hell of a leapfrog, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> from yeah, We're from nothing with... to better than France. Next time. They had so many courses. It was very like even the breakfast, yeah. you had a sort of continental and hot option. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAS Creator Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.